Your ways, O Lord, are love and truth to those who keep your covenant. What is a covenant? And how do we keep it? Today, we heard from Genesis chapter 9. Right after the great flood, God makes a covenant with Noah. Genesis chapter 9, this covenant with Noah is the first explicit covenant in the Bible. And there are going to be five more. And during Lent, the church provides for us in the first reading a walk through salvation history. In the first reading, we are walked through these major milestones in the way that God has and continues to offer salvation to you and to me. God walked in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. But Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. They chose to turn away from the Lord. They chose not life, but death. Yet immediately, as Adam and Eve chose death, even as they turned away from God, even as they threw away all God's gifts, God reached out to them and God made a promise that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent, even as the serpent bit at his heel. God has been reaching out to us ever since the beginning. But it takes us a long time to understand. It takes us a long time to enter into the mystery. So the catechism says that God reveals His plan of salvation, His plan to save us from death in stages. Gradually. And the reason He does that is because He loves us and it's, and it's because that's how what we need to understand. For example, if you were going to teach somebody math, you wouldn't start with calculus. That wouldn't make any sense. If you were going to teach somebody math, you wouldn't start with calculus. You would start with like counting and then adding and subtracting and multiplying and dividing and then algebra and trigonometry and then calculus and then differential equation and then, well, I don't know what comes after that. You take them by stages. And in this most important tutoring in, in the art of living, tutoring in the path to eternal life, God leads us by stages. God leads us in making covenants with us. Focusing us on the covenant that lasts forever. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus sets His face to go towards Jerusalem. The Gospel of Luke tells us that Jesus focuses on Jerusalem. He focuses 
on the Last Supper and on His passion and on His death and on His resurrection and on His ascension, even though He's far away from Jerusalem, even though He's still got a lot left to do, He's focused on the goal. So you and I encounter this reality of a covenant on the first Sunday of Lent And what we can do is we can allow this reality of the covenant to help us to focus on the Easter triduum. Because if we go through Lent not focused on what Jesus Christ does on Holy Thursday and Good Friday and Easter Sunday, if we forget about that, then we forget why we're doing Lent. And if we forget why we're doing Lent, then our prayer stays superficial. Our fasting just becomes dieting. And our giving to the poor just becomes something that makes us feel good. And God wants more for your Lent and for mine than that. In fact, what God wants for your Lent and for my Lent is that we might more deeply live the covenant relationship we have entered into with God by our baptism. So we focus. And our focus takes us to Holy Thursday and to Good Friday. Our focus also takes us to the Holy Altar of God. Where? At the most sacred moment of the Mass. As the priest speaks the words of Jesus when He institutes the Holy Eucharist. And as this bread and this wine become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. I say, standing in the person of Christ the head, take this all of you and drink from it. For this is the chalice of My blood. The blood of the new and eternal covenant. What is a covenant? A covenant is a sacred family bond between persons. Covenant makes family. Covenants in the Bible are sealed in blood. Abraham, the first thing he does when he gets out the ark, not Abraham, Noah, the first thing he does when he gets out the ark, Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. When Moses and the people of Israel, who are the Hebrew people, who have just come out of Egypt, make their covenant with God, they offer a sacrifice. And, God, and Moses, at the command of God, sprinkles the blood of the sacrifice onto the altar of God and onto the people. And the people and God are joined in this family relationship which God desired from the beginning. 
today, on this first Sunday of Lent, as we begin this walk through salvation history, we begin this walk through covenants, we are focused on the holy altar of God. We are focused on the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ which seals our family bond with Him. And every Sunday, and for some of us every single day, we come and renew that covenant. We come and participate in the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Good Friday, presented again. Not done over again, but made real to us again in the Holy Mass. And we receive, if we are in a state of grace, His body, blood, soul, and divinity. And why His body, blood, soul, and divinity? Why must we receive the blood of the Lord which is contained in every tiny particle of the sacred host and in every tiny drop of the most precious blood. You can't divide Jesus into parts. He's God who is alive. So every tiny particle of the sacred host and every drop of the precious blood is Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so we come and we eat His flesh and drink His blood. Jesus Christ who says, unless... You eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not have life within you. In Genesis chapter 9 and throughout the Old Testament, it says things like this You shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. You shall not eat the blood of the animals. Why? Because the life is in the blood. And you don't want to share life with a bull or a goat or a pigeon. But now, in the new and eternal covenant, God Himself says to us, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you do not have life in you. Or to say the same thing just positively, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have life. Because you share, not in the blood of bulls or of goats, but in the blood of God. And that is why we were made. The ultimate end of everything God does in the world the Catechism says, is, that, is for you and me to enter into the life of the Blessed Trinity. To live in a sacred family bond with God Himself both now and in eternity. That's the promise of Easter. That's the promise that comes with the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we are promised in baptism. And that is why 
Lent is such a wonderful time of the year. And in fact, such a critical time. Because often you and I forget that. Often you and I, like Adam and Eve, we turn away from God. And if, God forbid, we commit a mortal sin, we turn away from Him all the way and cut ourselves off from that life. And if we commit venial sin, we turn ourselves up a little bit and are not as able to receive His life. And if we're attached to all these things of the world, to pleasure or to possessions or to power, we put roadblocks in receiving the life of God. And God says, He takes us out into the desert of Lent and says, remember. Remember who you are. Remember what I have done for you. Remember the life to which you are called my daughter, my son. Come and receive mercy. Come and receive life. Come and renew your participation in the covenant this Lent.